The following is a presentation of the Chicago's Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. To be with you once again, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. Jim Miller will be along as well from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. And our producer tonight, Sean Anderson. And uh, as we get together, hoping everybody out there is uh, getting along okay, uh, living by the, uh, the rules of the road, so to speak, right now, and staying at home and social distancing, and hopefully, hopefully everybody's healthy. And Big Tom, got to do a shout-out right out of the gate to all those folks out there uh, in, in the restaurant business that are providing uh, drive-by pickups. Uh, you got the, the medical profession, doctors, nurses, all medical personnel. You got grocery store workers. I mean, we could go on and on and on, police, fire, first responders, Way to go. You're helping us through, and uh, there's no other way to go about it. Uh, we need these folks. So thank you one and all. And I know you're in the restaurant business as well. Yeah, it's an, you know, it's an everyday str- uh, struggle, an everyday new experience, just trying to something you're overcome. But, you know, when you talk about those, the, all the people, the, you know, the garbage collectors, the road department, the electrical workers, the whole workforce that is kind of keeping a world together during the, some of the most difficult times that we've ever seen in our mature lifetime. Because when we are kids, there are things that our parents went through that we are never aware of, a lot like the kids of today. But for every one of the workforce members that go out there every single day, believe me, don't ever think there goes a day that you're not appreciated in the efforts that you're you're putting forth. And also a big nod to the Chicago Bears team president and CEO Ted Phillips today, Tom, uh, announcing a commitment of $1.92 million to local COVID-19 relief efforts. And uh, the 1920, obviously a, a significant number in Bears uh, franchise history, the address up there uh, at Hallis Hall, and also the beginning of this Bears franchise, uh, a very significant uh, donation. Uh, and, and they're working on and many different fronts for Advocate Charitable Foundations, Relief Fund, Critical Care Illinois, University of Chicago's Community Support Programs, and the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund. So uh, many different Bears also contributing. So a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of great stuff going on right now. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about support, you know, and I think one of the things that people need out there is they need signs of positive, not if, not necessarily if it's moving against the coronavirus, but positive signs of support out there amongst the, amongst the people that are giving enormous amounts of money like the Chicago Bears or, you know, the other NFL and professional sports owners all around the landscape of sports and what they're doing to support their community, their employees, you know, just outside the building of their organization. And, you know, Jeff, it's kind of weird because you think about the Bears' future. And when they made the change to in-house the training camp inside of Hallis Hall, while, you know, it's really it's a big step they've taken. And, you know, there's so much respect out there for Olivet and everything they did in support of the Bears. But the uniqueness of this season in trying to be prepared a step ahead of – 
you know, the norm. I think the Bears have been able to do that with the movement of training camp and their preparations. Coming up at about 6.10, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, as he begins his third year in the most unique of circumstances. So be tuned in for that with uh, Tom and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. And today, Roger Goodell did an interview of some sort, and he said, you know, he's continuing to to say this, that the NFL is planning to play in 2020. And his quote is, that's our hope and that's our planning to date. Uh, We can help our country heal. We can help bring our communities together. We can provide hope. We can provide a distraction from the everyday issues and show people there is a future out there and that we're all going to be part of it. Obviously, Tom, the public safety and how it impacts stadium workers, fans, players, their families, organizations, all that, that has to be taken into consideration, and they will do that, and there will be proper steps and so forth. But Given what they're doing with the draft, two weeks from tonight gets underway with round one and doing it by virtual reality with the IT department's going to be the heroes in this one. I, I tell you, they got to be because they're going to be uh, really in the in the focus here. Uh, he has proven that this is this is the plan that he wants to pursue until somebody tells him he can't. Well, you know, I'm glad that he's go along, he's following through with the draft because, you know, I, I kind of laugh and I giggle at it about all these people, how they think they're going to be caught with their hands in their pockets because they don't have these eyeball-to-eyeball investigative meetings they have with these guys. And, you know, I, I always put myself or the guys that I was getting ready to be drafted with back at that era, and there was no communication. There was no contact. You hopefully were sitting near a landline, so when they called you without cameras on you, that you were going to be accepted into the family, whichever team was drafting you. So I, I'm glad Roger Goodell is kind of putting a benchmark out there on the horizon for people to kind of shoot for, for the world to aspire to be in that position so practices or training camps or games can take place. Because, you know, Jeff, when the score played the broadcast of the game this past weekend, now the last couple weekends I've listened it's been a really positive distraction for me. And I'm not listening to ourselves. I'm listening to the broadcast about the Bears game. And your mind kind of is able to escape away from the other news you're paying attention to 23 and a half hours a day the other six and a half days. Jim, is that the Jim joining us now? Jim, uh, is, a, is it a no-excuses NFL draft? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think any team – I agree with Tom. No team is going to be caught with their pants down. They're going to have all the information uh, that they need on these players. They've scouted these players. Some guys three years because they've come out as juniors. Four years, some guys have come out uh, you know, because they were redshirted. Five years. So they've got information uh, on these guys. As for – I found out today on the medical rechecks, there's 72 – well, actually 73 guys – that need a medical recheck, and hmm. it's 73 now because Brandon Ayuk, the Arizona State wide receiver, had surgery. But what the NFL has done, they've broken that up between six teams. So, so six teams have like 12 guys each that they got to do the medical rechecks. They get virtual exams with doctors. The agents are more than willing to give them the information because they want to get the, the info out there about their, their client. 75% of those rechecks are already done. Then it will, all of them will go back to NIC in Indianapolis, and then every team in the National Football League will be sent a report on all these medical rechecks. All these teams will be more than equipped with the information that they need. Probably the one thing that area of concern would be trades on draft day. 
you're probably going to see GMs and teams that have traded and have a relationship. They're going to be more likely to trade than, say, a new GM, say, like Andrew Barry of, of Cleveland. So I think you'll see trades still happen, but it'll be with guys that have long-existing relationships and have done it before. Or they may be in place verbally earlier in the day and then become yes. official when the actual uh, time to do it is in the offing. All right, we're going to step away. Coming up next, Bears head coach Matt Nagy, kind enough to give us some time tonight on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from WBBM, and Jim Miller, our former Chicago Bears quarterback and a member of the staff at Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin, and now joined by the head coach of the Chicago Bears, pleased to be joined by Matt Nagy. Good evening, Matt. How are things going? Going well, guys. How are you all doing? Doing great. Thank you for uh, stepping away from what is a very busy time, NFL draft preparations. Uh, Two weeks from tonight. It, it may seem like it, it, it's a long way away, but you guys, you guys have been working so hard at this as a, as a franchise with all your meetings and staff and so forth that uh, it probably isn't enough time, you know, to get ready for something like this in the most unique of circumstances. Yeah, you know what, Jeff? It is. It's, it's as we're all going through the the word unprecedented keeps coming up and unique and any way you look at it, and we're all in different situations and and i think um you know the one thing for our situation is we're pretty fortunate right now um being able to to be around people that are working really hard um to to really let us and allow us to get our job done so we've been in our world we've been doing a lot of meetings you know technology wise through zoom and skype and and uh and and different things with our home office computers and and everyone's been doing really well with it so it's been unique and, and at the same time fun Hey, Matt, can you talk a little bit how much time you're going to save and the fact that it's not that you guys made this decision with coronavirus in mind, but making training camp back um, into Hallis Hall. So now all those moves, all those different changes that you used to make in the past, bam, there you guys are ready to go to hit the ground running as soon as the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, no doubt, Tom. I think for us and, and – Everybody that's going through this right now, the communication is the biggest part of this and making sure that you over-communicate clarity. And that's where we have a lot of guys that are working around the clock um, trying to, to make things happen so that things can be convenient. Everybody's a little bit out of their comfort level right now. And, and I think that uh, sometimes when you're uncomfortable, things can be harder. But for us, the way we're looking at it is let's come up with solutions. And, and so the other part of this too, guys, is that Every other team in our world in, in the NFL is dealing with these exact same situations. So there's really no excuses. I mean, it's, it's time to roll. It's time to, to, uh, to, to make sure that we continue moving forward. And so far in the last several days and, and really the last probably 10 days, it's been, it's been uh, really great communicating. It's been different, but at the same time, it's been effective and productive. I'm glad you brought that up, Coach. Good to talk to you again. I talked to Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, actually just yesterday, Pat and I did, and he said the same thing. He goes, if anything, 
this has helped us out as an organization to communicate better. He and Thomas Dimitrov have had some great discussions that have maybe spurred into other discussions that maybe of things that they need to think about or address and, and things like that. So if anything, communication has been at a premium and it's been better within an organization is what they found. Yeah, without a doubt, Jim, and you're right. You know, we, we did, you know, for, for us, um, I think in, in our role, I know for mine as a head coach, when you're at Hallis Hall and, and every other coach is there and, and within 50 feet of your, your desk, that door gets knocked on a lot throughout the day. And what it does is it becomes really choppy. Right now, I get up in the morning, get a workout in, get a, 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 you know, a, a cup of coffee. I come into my home office, and then we fire away. I, I haven't left my home office here since 8 o'clock this morning. And, and, uh, um, but it's good. It's productive. And instead of all of us being together shoulder by shoulder and, and probably wasting more time than, than we should, uh, we're getting a lot more stuff done. Matter of fact, we're, we're crunching some things that we've done before in, in you know, 8 to 10 days down into to two to three days because of how effective we're being. So it's certainly new for us, but everyone's had a great attitude. And, and like you just said with Dan Quinn and the Falcons, I mean, the, everyone else is doing the same thing. Bears head coach Matt Nagy, kind enough to join us on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff, Tom, and Jim. You know, the one thing about coaches, and I ran into John Gruden a couple of years ago at the NFL owners meetings, the spring meetings, and, you know, he, he talked about, how there's not, you know, he was getting back into it. So, Matt, there wasn't enough practices to really evaluate players the way he'd like. Or as coaches, time is precious. And now when you guys do get back, you don't know about the offseason yet. It's already a different experience. Coaches like to have their hands on players. And now with the new CBA, your practices are cut in half to 16 padded practices. You got weekends, three-day weekends baked into the whole offseason program. How do you process all that? As a guy who wants to take what you get done on the practice field and take it to game day, but you may not have as much to deal with. Yeah, for sure, Jeff. I think for for us is you know once you once we know here as things go the direction of what you're allowed to do and not allowed uh, you know what you're allowed to do and then what you're you're not allowed to do, it'll it it allows you as a coach to prepare in different ways and so. We all want to have as many practices as we can and as many meetings as we can. But in, in, in my last two years, for example, I've come to realize as well that, that sometimes uh, when you have all that time, uh, sometimes you can do too much, you know. And I think we're all living by the whole less is more principle right now. It's, it's, that's just the way that it's going to go, um, whether it's through virtual meetings um, with the players or, or it's less practice reps or less practice time. The ones that you do get when that time comes, they better be efficient. And that's our job, the prep, the prep side of it as coaches, to make sure that we're firing on all cylinders to make that happen so that the players can come in here. And, again, on their side, they have to make sure that they're staying in shape and they're adapting to different weight rooms and going out to these different fields and trying to run and run these steps and staying conditioning so, so that when they come in, they're, they're in tip-top shape. And so it's all of us. It goes back to communication, making sure we're talking to our guys, uh, not the X's and O's part, but just making sure they're safe. Because number one, ultimately, that's what matters the most. And then are they being, are they preparing themselves so that when the time does come, uh, we hit the ground running? Hey, Matt, I want to break the ice and talk quarterback a little bit. 
in, in our lives as we watch sports, all of us in our time, whether it's boxing or Wimbledon, when it gets down to the finals, we all gravitate towards somebody. And so right now I'm a Mitch guy, and I always have been, but I also come from an era when quarterbacks got two or three years to develop into the system to get the best understanding. So now this is the third year in this system with Mitch. I expect his biggest jump with the most on his plate. Is that the way you're approaching this with Mitch in this third year around this system? Absolutely, and I think he would tell you the same thing. And, and again, I go back to a few days ago when we did our press conference when Ryan and I were together and, and just talking through the, the scenario that we're in right now. To us, we look at this as what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to, to make this the best situation possible for Mitch and then also for Nick. And, and it's going to be a, a good situation for us. And, and when we talked with Mitch, just, you know, the excitement and determination and fire he had at knowing that this is going to be a, an open competition, um, that's who he is. And so him being in this offense the last two years and really kind of knowing where the bones are buried in, in certain plays. And then at the same time, he knows that there's certain areas that he can get better at. He knows that. And I think that's what I love about him is that he, he stays positive with that. He's hungry to get better. Um, but then on our side, too, we need to make sure that we as coaches are putting these guys, not just the quarterback, but everybody, in the best position possible so that we can be successful. You know, Tom, we, we've, we've spent this whole offseason now looking at scheme evaluation and just taking a look at the why part behind our offense and why it was so sluggish. It's not just one reason. There's several reasons. The beauty is, for us, is that we think we know what some of those answers are. And, and some of it is, um, is, is players. Some of it is scheme. Some of it is execution. And, but what's good for us is that we know that we can get a lot better. And, and all of us as competitors can't wait to get back out there um, so that we can do that and show everybody you know, what our plan is. And, and it's, it starts with Mitch. And I think he's excited for that opportunity, and as is I know Nick is as well. Yeah, I want to take you to the mental makeup of Mitch. And I've said this about Alex Smith, too. I think he got a little beat up out there in San Francisco. But, man, that guy became mental Teflon when he arrived in Kansas City. And, you know, Mitch has had extreme highs, and sure, he's had some lows as well. All young quarterbacks go through that. Shoot, I, I lived it there in Chicago. I know the vitriol that can be that mm-hmm. can be spewed. But just, just for Mitch, to have that mental Teflon, like I said, where you just put the blinders on and it doesn't matter. Let's just get better. Be a better quarterback tomorrow than you are today. And, and maybe just that mental side of Mitch, and if he, is, if he has that Teflon in him where things just bounce off you. For sure. And, and that, that's, a, uh, that's a trait to me, Jim, that, as you know, playing quarterback all your life, that, that you, you have to have. And it's, it's it, every, you know, the more players you have on your team that are mentally strong, the more coaches that you have that are mentally tough, um, the better you're going to be because, you know, there's a lot of adversity that strikes. There's a lot of bad that happens, and it's how you react to it. And so at the quarterback position, um, you, you touch the football every single play. And so there's times to be praised and there's times to be criticized. And so when things don't go well, whether it's you individually or whether it's your team, um, and, and especially in a, in a city like we have here in Chicago where everybody's hung, so hungry to win and, and win a Super Bowl, um, there comes more pressure. And so you, you need to be mentally strong. And I think that we're all learning in, in that aspect. And I know, I know Mitch is really focused on, on trying to do everything he can to control the things that he can control. And if he does that, 
will be more than fine. And, and it's the same thing w- with Nick. And so um, what we said earlier is throughout this, this open quarterback competition, it's going to be just that, guys. You're going to see how open and transparent we are in this thing. There's no agendas. We're going to go out there, and these guys, are, we're going to give them every opportunity, equal opportunity to go out there and, and win the job. And, and we're going to be very honest and open with them. And I think that's the only way that you do it. And, and with that, it'll be healthy, and it should make the Chicago Bears better. A few more minutes here with Matt Nagy, Bears head coach on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Just want to amplify one more thought about that and the competitive nature of, of Mitch. There was a point in December during a two-game stretch after he threw a pick. He was 30-38 for 380 yards, five touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and averaged 10 yards of completion. I know it because I just looked it up in my notes today, and it came upon me. Is that the kind of resiliency you know in this man? Sure, yeah. And, and again, the the nice part of of the offseason is when you are able to go through your scheme evaluation as a staff and go through the whys. And at the same time, you realize, okay, here's some certain areas where we can get better, but here's some areas right here where we did pretty, we, we did a pretty good job. And when we're, we're talking here about Mitch and some games that he played really well, I, I just, I continue to go back to that Detroit Lions game uh, on Thanksgiving. And we're, we're, you know, in a lot of different ways, he made some big time throws in that game. And there was some mental toughness in there where there were some third downs where we need him to make that play. And he makes a deep corner throw to Anthony Miller on third and long. And then he, then he throws a great ball down the sideline inside the, inside the five. Uh, it comes back the next week, and uh, we're, we're playing at home on a Thursday night against the against the Cowboys. And he puts together a, a really, really good game in regards to um, just taking control. And and you know what? When you go back to that first game against or the uh, the first drive against the Cowboys, if you guys remember, we were going down the field uh, getting some first downs, and then we happened to throw an interception. Uh, the kid made a good play, and that was a time where I can specifically remember Mitch coming off the sideline. And it was just one of those dusted off my shoulder type deal. I'm gonna come back here and gash him, and and that's exactly what he ended up doing. And and it was it was beautiful. You know, it was really neat. You could feel it. You could feel the energy with the crowd. You could feel the energy with our team. And so those are the happy memories that we have. Those are what we know he can do. And I know he's really excited to go out there and give it everything he has and compete with Nick. Hey, Matt, last question for me is about the quickness that you kind of absorbed on defense. I think Robert Quinn gives you a lot of, a lot of versatility maybe on the opposite side of Khalil Mack. When you look at the interior speed of Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith and the experience and the growth and the development of Eddie Jackson, I think this defense has a chance when you look at the improvements of Eddie Goldman, Roy Robbins, stuff, that this, this defense has a chance to be faster, I think, than last year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Tom. I think that um, I just know this: when when you when you get uh, phone calls and text messages from your peers around the league, and and they uh, they talk to you about some of the moves that you made, and, and in particular, uh, <laughs> you, you just know that when, when you have Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on one side, and you got the rest of our guys on the inside there with Hicks and Goldman and Roy Robertson Harris and Bilal and the list goes on and on. And then you throw, you know, Danny and Roquan and then our back end guys. Before you know it, we become a really fast defense. And those guys last year learning Chuck's system um, and, and along with some injuries that we had, I thought they did a really good job last year. And I know that they're going to be really hungry to get back at it, to show what they can do. 
and their goal, you know, they're, they set their goals high. We set our goals high. It's not to be the, the, the top 10 defense. It's to be the number one defense. And I know our coaches are really hungry right now, our defensive coaches, to get them back on track. And, and I know our players are, are too. So it's going to, you know, it's, it's about focus. It's not about anything but that. We got to stay focused and just control what we can control, and uh, and that's just staying uh, nice and relaxed throughout this process and, and being there for one another. All right, Matt, we're going to let you go. So grateful for your time. I know you're swamped, so appreciate it very much. Uh, good luck with the preparations here over the next couple of weeks for the draft, and good luck with everything. Stay healthy. Hope your family's great. Hey guys, I, I appreciate it. You guys take care, stay healthy. And one last thing too, real quick, I just want to thank our, our, our organization for for donating, you know, um, you know, one point nine two zero million dollars towards the COVID nineteen. I think it's amazing. It just speaks volumes to who our organization is. Yes, and everybody involved, yourself included, uh, with the contribution. So everybody's grateful for it. Thank you so much. Thank you to the Thanks, Bears. Matt. Thanks, Matt. Bears head coach Matt Nagy. We're going to step away, continue the conversation with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. We'll look at the NFL draft and break down some of the positions of interest as we get ready. Two weeks from tonight, the draft first round underway. Here is Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. This portion of the show brought to you by CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you. Half hour to go before we turn it over to Cubs baseball, the 2016 NLCS Game 5 replay, and that has been a fun experience for fans. And, uh, Tom, you mentioned it. We're going to have another one here on the score. Uh, The Bears on Sunday, the NFC Divisional playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks uh, for everyone to enjoy, and that will be one of six more to go here over the next uh, six Sundays. They're fun. You know, I just like I said, it's just kind of a mental escape from the seriousness of our day-to-day approach over the last you know, month and a half, whatever, and no, no telling how long, how long it's going to go. But, you know, um, it, it, again, work doing some work around my mom and dad's house. I got a transistor radio on outside it, and it is like you know, back in the old day when that was your only means, uh, only means of being able to listen to a game, and it's 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 nostalgic and it's really fun. Uh, I'll tell you what, I I do need a distraction, Jeff. I have a I have accomplished every single chore I've needed to do around this house for literally <laughs> the past ten years. All right, so every storage room has been cleaned, the garage has been cleaned. So yeah, I think everybody's looking for a little distraction, a little diversion. A lot of the uh, the programming now they are putting on uh, some older games, some classic games, and I love that. And I love the fact that the draft is is going to continue. It's going to continue in a different way like you said, in a virtual reality, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we tried to stir up some 2001 games of, of the great Jim Miller experience, but uh, <laughs> I guess it was turned down. They wanted modern-day football. That's what, I, hey, that's what I was told anyway. I, 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 I tried to get you on. I tried to get a few on, Jim. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jeff. I, I have a quarterback question for Jim, if I may. Sure. Okay, but because we just got done talking about Matt Nagy, about the competition between Mitch and, and uh, Nick and stuff and how training camp is going to go. But I, I'm drawn back to a statement that Nick Folds made during his press conference when he said that, you know, by the time we start running, I'd like to know this system is well or better than the head coaches or better than the coaches. Is, is that realistic, Jim? Do quarterbacks, did you ever get in a system that you had the luxury of being around it long enough that you felt that you knew it as well as anybody or even the coaches in the room? 
Oh, oh yeah, I, I think you can get get to that point, you know. That, but you know, you got to work at it. I mean, for Nick Foles, I think he he comes with already a, a lot of knowledge in this offense already from his days in in Kansas City, and obviously just being with John D. Filippo. I mean, so he's going to come with uh, a great, uh, vast uh, knowledge about this system where it's going to be beneficial to him. I, I really believe that. And, you know, and I think Nick, he's going to compete with, with Mitch. Yeah, I think they'll that quarterback room will, will be just fine. They're going to get along because, really, at the end of the day, you're competing against yourself to get better, just like I said. You want to be Is a that better a common- quarterback tomorrow. Jim, is that a common way of thinking, though? Um, again, I again, I, I'm asking quarterback specific because when you go into a, a group with offensive linemen, you're kind of hoping that every guy in the in the room is on the same page at the exact same time in the course yeah. of a game. Well, Does every quarterback go out there that has any you know era behind them have that same? Tr- uh, yeah, I think it is different. Like for for court, every player on offense should want to know the assignments of of their fellow teammate, you know. But a lot of times, especially for young players, you know, let's say I, I call plays. Say if I go, uh, let's just say I go uh, zero on um, Z close seven seventy two Z drive. A lot of that is want 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 seven seventy two. So the offensive lineman here is 772. They know it's a seven-step drop. They know it's 72 protection. A lot of them, don't, they don't care about the, the formation or anything like that because it doesn't involve their assignment. You know, the, the receiver is going to hear a, like I said, zero on Z close. That's telling the Z. Zero on is a formation. It's a 12 personnel where I've got a tight end on each side uh, next to the right and left tackle. X is in his true position. Z close. So the... The the Z receiver will hear, hey, zero on Z close is what he's doing. And then they hear, they they don't care about the protection. Now when I say 772, now the receivers and the other skilled position players, they just hear, wah, 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 770, or they hear Z drive. That's the principle. So, you know, they're focusing in on their ear. And I'm letting everybody know, hey, this is what we're doing. So I've given the protection. I've given the formation. I've now given the play. And everybody's focused in on what their assignment is because I've given them that play. Now how they read it versus the coverage, they got to know all that and, and, you know, all that stuff. Or if a blitz comes and uh, the the offensive line, they'll pick up the blitz because it's basically a slide protection that's sliding to the wheel. I know I'm hot off the Mike and Sam if they come. I've got them, my built-in hot read so the receivers don't even have to worry about sight adjusting uh, from that standpoint. But, yeah, I mean uh, – you know, the thing is, when you play with great players, say like Olin Krutz, Olin Krutz, he, he could, uh, you know, he would listen to the whole play and he knew everybody's assignment because he's just a highly intelligent football player and he's reading the safeties, he's reading the coverage, and, you know, he's pretty amazing when you've got a fellow teammate like that that it really takes pride in knowing the entirety of the play and everybody's assignment. And, you know, it, it definitely helps out and it lessens your job and it makes your job easier as a quarterback who's trying to disseminate all that information. Jim Miller, top there. Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with all that uh, you just talked about right there, uh, the average fan is thinking, okay, what exactly is he talking about? But what your point is, do you value what a guy's intelligence level is football-wise as a, a much higher uh, evaluation point than, say, a guy who can run uh, under a four four. I mean, is this is this a league that now is requiring 
a little bit more football intelligence than maybe in the past. You know, Jeff, the one the one phrase that Matt mentioned a couple times during the course of his interview, talking about the quarterback position as me being mentally tough. Is that, you know, that's kind of the definition of it, is making sure no matter what circumstance you face, no matter what position you play, if you break the huddle and then there's a change that you only have an eighth of a second to react to, are you mentally tough enough to go through those circumstances and be right on cue every time there's a, there's a change with no notification? All right, more with Jim and Tom coming up next after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff, Tom, and Jim breaking things down. Uh, There was a trade just moments ago. I don't know if you guys saw it, but the Rams dealing wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a fourth-rounder to the Houston Texans for a second-round pick. So Rams paid a lot of money for two years for Cooks, some $40 million-plus. And uh, that's the the newest uh, chess piece moving around in the NFL this evening. Fellas, break that one down, Jim. Well, they just paid. Well, it's a good deal for the Houston Texans. Obviously, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins uh, because they didn't want to pay him. He wants a new contract. Obviously, he wants the $18, $20 million range, and Houston wasn't going to pay that. Thus, they worked that trade uh, with Arizona. But when you look at Cooks, it's a good deal. One, he's spent time in the New England Patriots offense before, right? He was with New England. So he knows that playbook that Bill O'Brien is doing. Plus, the Rams already paid Brandon Cook's $8 million bonus that he was due in March. So they're basically, Houston now is just is just getting the, the flat salary, uh, the paragraph five that they're going to have to pay this year. So that's beneficial to them, a player that's going to be coveted. Obviously, the learning curve is going to be very quick in terms of the, the offense, and they got a player that can really take the top off of defense, and he's got speed. So for Houston, everybody thinks Bill O'Brien is doing all these crazy things. This one kind of makes a lot of sense uh, from my book. You know, if I was a receiver like Cooks, I would rather go to a quarterback with the versatility that they have in Houston rather than kind of a statuesque lack of mobility quarterback. And I I know Jared Goff is a young guy, but Deshaun Watson, what he gives a receiver sometimes is is that breaking away from protection or from a a breakdown of protection, and that's when you become, you know, uh, you can become a big play receiver because of that quarterback versatility. Well, he's had uh, quite the, quite the quarterback career: Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, and <laughs> Deshaun poor, Watson. Poor right. guy, huh? Poor right. guy. <laughs> hey, what uh, Tua Tagovailoa, the uh, Alabama quarterback, uh, did have a workout throwing the ball that's going to be sent out to all thirty-two teams today. Obviously, it's been a week of um, interesting. You know, two weeks away from the draft, you start hearing. Uh, you know, different things that may or may not be accurate uh, that are thrown out there about a player, whether it be his background, injury, or whatnot. In this case, the hip is certainly a big topic of conversation in addition to other injuries. Um, What do you guys make of this, and is this uh, just agent doing his job? Uh, Yeah, I think Lee Steinberg's just doing his job. Um, Again, he's one of the medical rechecks that that teams are getting on, and they'll have all the information. One, he's not going to be 100%. Everybody knows that. Even though he's working out, he says he's 100% ready. But that's that's just running around in shorts, right? Is he ready to take a hit, really, on that on that hip? No, he's not 100% uh, percent, uh, completely. You know, according to Mike Lombardi, uh, obviously he's been at this a, a long time, he said one team is medically taken to a tongue of Viola off the board. For all we know, that, that just could be, 
you know, stuff that's that's thrown out there. It could be a team that likes them that maybe leaked uh, that information. From all the reports that are out there, he's going to heal and he's going to be ready to play. All right, the probably the last bit that teams are looking for, like in this virtual workout, they want to see the rotation of the hip. That's what they're looking for. They know he's not going to be 100% when they draft him, but all indications are that this hip, the likelihood of it popping out of so- uh, socket again is slim to none. The fracture in the hip has healed up too. So you know you're still going to draft a player, but he's not going to be 100%. He's probably going to be a guy that is is shelved early just to be careful with him medically to make sure he's completely healed where you don't put him on the field or stress out that hip too early uh, before he's ready. I still, you know, I think everybody's got him going in the top five. I, I, I think that's where he's probably going to go. He's If you watch him play, I mean, who was it? Bill Polian the other day, he compared him to Russell Wilson. Okay. To Russell Wilson is who he thinks to a tug of Viola is. His mechanics throwing a football are flawless, are flawless. So if you can get over the medical and you feel you've done your due diligence and the medical competitive advantage, you could be getting a great quarterback here in the future. You know, I, I'm just a little nervous because of the supporting cast he played with in college. When you look at what Alabama offers, uh, the the time of possession that your offense can control the football because your defense is so dominating. Some of the teams that you play in the front end of the season are so, uh, you know, under talented that you don't, you know, you're not even playing in the second half. You know, I, I remember when Drew Brees became a free agent with a bad shoulder, and Miami immediately gave up on him. And if they would have made the decision to sign Drew Brees, it would have changed their franchise forever. But you had a little bit more of a study of what Drew Brees was capable of doing on the NFL level. Here you're trying to take the quarterback off of the greatest team in college football, and I know with Clemson and the rest of the team, I'm just over-exaggerating. But, again, I, I don't know if this guy is going to – be ready in two, in, in a year to come into one of the worst teams in the league and be the quarterback and the reason they turn it around. So I, I've been afraid of Tua, you know, just because of his injury history, and I just don't know if he's capable up to playing at this the, at the athleticism he's going to face from the defensive player he's going to see without a red jersey on in practice. And what I mean by that is playing against the best defense in college and they never had a chance to hit him. It's going to be different when the great teams in the NFL are going to have a chance to hit him. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access. We all know it's difficult and challenging to evaluate quarterbacks and their long-term ceilings and, and where they're headed. In the first round, in your opinions, both of you guys weigh in. What's the second most difficult position to evaluate and project? You want oh. to go first, Tom? <laughs> I, I, to me, I think the hardest position to find great players at is cornerback because of the athleticism, what their requirements are, their reaction without indication, um, their ability to be physical but yet to have feet like a ballerina. Um, And, you know, probably because it's probably the farthest position away from what they evaluate you as as an offensive lineman to what you see these guys go through in your combines and just over the years of watching football. To me, corner seems the most difficult position. And nickel slot corner is is really difficult. You know, you see a lot of guys that play on the outside, Chris Harris. Uh, Denver always played him on the outside, but who did they kick into the nickel corner? 
it was Chris Harris. So that is, you know, it's a coveted position because it's become such a substitution situational game now when you look at the NFL because most teams' base offenses are three wide receivers. So you need three corners, and somebody has to play slot, and you need a good one. I'm going to go with offensive tackle. I mean, I know there's some that are stamped, rubber-stamped, 10-year starters at left tackle, but it's uh, to me that's a difficult one. We can pick up the conversation with an offensive lineman who knows better than I do, Tom Thayer. Jim Miller, this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Final segment here on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. A shout-out again to the Bears. $1.92 million being donated to local COVID-19 relief efforts. A statement today by President Ted Phillips. Uh, so that's a big number right there. And, uh, fellas, the NFL going to also do the same thing on draft night. It's basically a draft-a-thon a little bit. In addition to the players, six national nonprofits, American Red Cross, CDC Foundation, Meals on Wheels, uh, Salvation Army, United Way, are going to benefit uh, with, with that. And so strong push. But maybe nothing more in terms of visual that really impacts this whole process. Did you guys see the picture from United Center today? United Center right now has 774,840 pounds of non-perishable food right on the floor or the, where the ice would be. We're talking uh, a major depository here as they free up space in the food depository warehouse. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on in the community, boys. It's beautiful. It really is. It's It's incredible some of the... Um, the opportunities you get to see the goodness in people's hearts and the, how these, you know, major CEOs of major corporations want to change the whole configuration of their working system so they can make something to help the first responders or the medical field. It's, um, you know, it seems like every day you kind of wake up looking at the, your phone or looking at the news to see what the next um, uh, the next announcements are going to be and you always just wait for that one positive one and you know it's it is really nice in terms of what we've been able to see the the people doing yeah it's really it's it's great to see everybody not it's not just the nfl community as you mentioned it's it's everybody overall uh that have really stepped up their efforts to help out their fellow man their fellow woman and it's just the unselfishness uh of it um to do it uh for the good of everybody and it is very refreshing to see jeff and i think everybody has really put this in perspective and doing everything that they can to help out one another all right before we went to break tom we're talking about uh you know what's the most second most difficult position to kind of evaluate for the draft what's and first? there have been plenty what's that what's first quarterback no, yeah, I'm I would joking. say quarterback. I know, I know, yeah. I'm joking. But, you know, there, there have been plenty of, of left tackles or tackles, period, that just, you know, they, they, they were a top ten pick and they didn't, they didn't cut it. And you could say that about any position. But <clears throat> what do you think about that? And what do you th- – because this is a draft that there's going to be a bunch of tackles drafted early and, heck, the Bears could invest in one at some point. Um, not that high, obviously. They don't have first-round pick, but it's very possible they could do that or a guard or something like that. What, what do you need to see? in this draft in terms of how it fits the Bears at that position, tackle or guard, if you're going to bring in somebody of that nature? You know, I think Juan Castillo has a very specific coaching style, 
And I think they did a good job of getting him in the building quickly so he could start evaluating the talent that's available to him. Not only his own talent, he has to study the game tapes from last year and look at the pros and cons of all the talent he's going he's gonna to have already there. But kind of looking, okay, first of all, what is the weakness of the player you're looking at in comparison to his strengths? And if he does have a weakness, can you coach him out of that? Does he have such a habit or a trait that's so bad that it's, it's difficult to overcome? You know, Jeff, there's a lot of guys that you see throughout the course and time that just the transition of getting into a playing position, whether it's coming out of a three-point stance or a two-point stance, and defensive linemen and defensive players are so intelligent, if you have that one hiccup that maybe you're giving an indicator an eighth of a second before the play starts, that can do anything to derail your career. And there's been a, you know players throughout time that have maybe gave an indicator away, and it's only talked about on your own team. So it's you know Juan Castillo evaluating the talent to make sure that if they do have a perceived weakness, that he can coach them out of it. Hey, good good tackles in this draft, and as time will tell you, one, they're all good athletes. Say Mackay Becton out of Louisville. That, that's a big man who can move. You know, that granted, he's 364 pounds, but he moves really well. Jedrick Wills from Alabama, same thing, and he is a nasty, nasty player. Tristan Wirfs is a great athlete. The guy, he was a freak at, at the combine with what he benched, what he ran. He's, you know, he's an all-state discus thrower, shot putter, uh, state wrestling Wrestler, champion. Yeah. yeah, these guys are really good athletes, and that's what, and Tom will tell you, if you're playing tackle, you want quiet feet and loud hands, and these guys all have it because they can move as big men. They've got and the some tools na- And for. some nasty, obviously. All right, we're going to wrap it up, boys. Talk to you next week. Jim Miller, thank you so much. Tom, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to head coach Matt Nagy for joining the program and to Sean Anderson for producing it. Cubs baseball next on 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.